Did you ever think of that? Yeah, why did I, mean, I ever think of that? One where he could physically do. <laughs> she just, she's cool in this movie. She doesn't do much. I mean, there's not much. For no, her she to doesn't do. do much, and I didn't even research her. Um, I have her name here. Uh, oh, there's Ellie Paxton. Ellis? No, I guess I don't. Yeah, her name is Ellis. Uh, no, that's a guy. I don't know. All right, no worries. But we know Bill Paxton. Yeah, that must be weird. We know Bill in that turtleneck. God, who dresses these guys? What? <laughs> Reality. Now, one of the board <laughs> members is Bill Paxton's father. I'm trying to find him for you next time we see the board members. Oh, it's, okay. Oh, cool. William Paxton Sr.? Yeah, uh, no, his name is um, uh, John, John Paxton. And he was an actor and producer. He was in Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man, but it was all about Bill... Pa I mean, he was 70 years old the first time he was in a movie. It's all about Bill Paxton. Right. But he was executive producer of A Simple Plan with Bill Paxton. Oh, that's a great movie. He ran a lumber company, like, in Texas, you know, when they were great. I don't know. When Bill Paxton hit the big time, he said, forget that. Okay, now this is good. We're in Bud Court's brain. Really? Yeah. big-ass swimming pool. Oh, there he is. <laughs> the sea court. We're in my brain. Yep. We're in my brain now. This movie makes no sense. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. But he's been like going on like this weird trip this whole time. <clears throat> now that was actually kind of funny. He said uh, there were sea monsters. And he says, is it dangerous? And Bud Cart goes, not for me, because this is my brain. You can't get hurt in your own brain. And then he gets pulled under by the sea monster. Yeah. And they put, like, a little red blood on there. That was a pretty nice touch. Made it to Southern California. Where? Like, if the water was his brain... Okay, Stop there... doing that inexplicably he's a bum on the or he's on the streets of los angeles for no reason yeah Sacky suit so 80s oh that's uh you're sending mixed messages there yeah just threw water on my head I had it for water on you. The boss was looking. <laughs> okay, so somehow he's now freed from the hospital and craziness for a short time. And he begins to wander. And he ends up back at his office and in his, back at his building and in his office. Nice. Look how he's all dry and it's just la la la. I know. Look at my nose. You know what happens? There's always like a wet there's always a wet stain on your crotch. <coughs> like, well, I just find that. I don't want too water on me.
years. That's good. Radio staff is there. Yeah, here, I told you already about this, but it says, in the late 80s, Julie Corman got summer interns to go through several hundred old scripts. The best one they discovered was this one written by Charles Beaumont for Roger Corman in the 60s. Director Adam Simon liked it and updated it for modern times. It was shot in 20 days. Good for Adam Simon. That's good. Yeah, that's quick. I don't think they didn't didn't waste a single day. Nope. We should not be more than 20 days. days, That's three weeks. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Look, he opens the window and it's not. Uh, Right? He's home. He's home. Yeah. That seems right there. But there's brain jar, brain wall. No, that's the lab. He's not in the lab. But there's a problem. Look, he's looking at he's looking at Halsey's equation that the Eunice Corporation were after. Now he starts to get like, what's going on here? All the diplomas say Halsey. He's not in his office unless his name's Halsey. Oh, is he still in Halsey's brain? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that's it, Halsey. This is weird. So what does it well, mean? I guess it means like he is Halsey. Oh yeah, check out your certificates. That's real, you know, because Yale would not forge a... But you see, right now in his mind, he's Rex. He's not Halsey. So therefore, he's not falling for it. Uh Uh-oh, paranoia. People are coming to get him. Good. Good? Oh, no. They're taking the elevator. Danny Goldman? Danny Goldman? There's no Danny Goldman here. That is not... I know it's you, Danny. Danny Goldman. Right? Imagine like Danny Goldman's in trouble with the law and Bud Court's like at the shop, right? Yeah. I swear, you got the wrong man. Freeze, Goldman! No, I'm, I'm Bud Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always says that. Get in the cab. Get in the cop car. Uh, okay, so now we just have the doctor from the beginning, but we he's calling him Halsey, and he gets pissed off about that. Right. I'm not Halsey. So, I don't know. Like, this movie doesn't grab me. Like, uh, you know, he's... I don't know. Like, what's this movie trying to say? Like, we're just exploring a guy who's essentially crazy, and we keep getting these hints that he is three people. He's Halsey himself, and he's a murderer, Conklin. Uh, And he compartmentalizes those people to keep his sanity but if he does why is he insane i i don't know look there's the original bum right that's my brain yeah right the brain snatcher right the brain snatcher who got into a he got into a car accident with the brain snatcher right is he the bum too i don't think he's the bum too no
Hey, I want to tell you about Geico. <laughs> You're a Geico caveman? On the Geico's commercials, they go like, <laughs> I didn't know that Geico helped with rent, you know, rent insurance. They say they use the word helped. I didn't know that Geico helped yeah. with boat insurance. Sure, they'll help you. Yeah, they'll take your money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those commercials are too much. When when your boat didn't, uh, you know what the risk? Your money went down the drain. Right. Yeah, I it's need like help. Ben Stiller. Uh, ben Stiller. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you yeah, off. Yeah, he does. It does, right? Is no, it no, it wasn't worth it. You saved me. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! It's Bill Paxton. Talking to Bill. It Paxton. is. Yeah. This movie is a double really killing. Is. I'm a Terminator. Right. That is what he is. Let me guess. Ooh, Laundry day. Ho, ho, ho. Well, you know the story about James Cameron. You know how some directors would always use the same actor? Uh -huh. And Bill Paxton has appeared in so many James Cameron movies. It's kind of like a good luck charm. Like Joe Dante would have Dick Miller in it. Uh, Hector Elizondo was in uh, Gary Shenley, uh, Gary Shenley, Gary Marshall. I can't pronounce Hector Alexander. But there's always like the same guy in all the Clint, Clint Howard's and Ron Howard movies. So Bill Paxton showed up in like a lot of James Cameron movies. Right. I mean, you can retire nicely being in them. <laughs> oh, and again, in, in Pixar, they keep using the guy uh, Cliff from Cheers to do voices. I don't know why. Well, maybe they like his right wing. Uh, politics. Who knows? Uh, Cliff from Cheers had a show where he would go to American factories. Want to know how good a honey is made? We'll go to their factory. Right. And I was like, hopefully this guy has so much FU money he could do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> now, Bill Paxton was in an 80s rock band called Martini Ranch, and they have a song at the end of this movie, and James Cameron directed the music video. Oh, wait, the music video for Brain Dead. I don't Bill Paxton's band. Dead, and it was a song called Reach, uh, featuring other, you know, people who worked with John uh, Cameron, James Cameron. Now, here... He's getting the brain operation on himself. And Conklin I don't, I don't is the brain surger, surgeon. Ah. But they're all the same person. I guess. Look at Kennedy. I love how Kennedy doesn't give a shit. There's a guy in the next room getting his brain picked on. And he does Right, that's his character, though. Oh, can you hear me? He was in Aliens, as you know, James Cameron. And yeah, he had that famous line. Which Game was... over, man. Game over. Oh, right, right, right. And he said it all wimpy like we're yeah. in trouble. Game over, man. He was in True Lies, another James Cameron. Yeah. He was pretty oily in that one. He played like kind of... He kind of you know, like in uh, uh, Showgirls, she gets a ride with a hit. She hits his ride, and this guy's a creep to her. 
Right. And then, like, two hours when the movie's over, she hitches a ride, and it's the same guy. He's like, get out, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think Paxton had a similar role in True, True Lies. Like, he, he well, gave him, he drove by in the beginning. He pretended that he was a spy to right. a lady, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who happened to coincidentally be Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. So he was a car salesman right. and a sleazy one. Right, I remember the car salesman part. He was in Titanic, was he? Well, Pullman was in Titanic. Yeah, he was in Titanic as the uh, leader of the, is the word expedition? I don't know. They were going to raise it. Right, okay, so it was back. See, I get those two guys mixed up. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this movie. I don't really want to watch this scene, but. Yeah. How's my driving? Okay, now. You Whoa, see... where's he now? Well, he's driving. Remember the accident we saw? He's going to essentially Yeah, sure. Hit the brain. Oh, so he's that person too. This is trippy. Whoa! It was him all along. I knew it. Right. And he gets hit. So he saw it from two perspectives. But unlike the rest of the time... He was the same person. He was the same person hitting. Usually he's one of his characters interacting with another one. Right. Look at him, Humpty Dumpty like. Now, who are these characters? They're out of the blue and we're at the end of the film. And he's chatting during surgery. It's just tacky. That's right. Is that normal? Well, you know, well, they do, you know, when they do brain surgery, you hear stories about how like someone played a violin while getting surgery on the brain yes. to keep them active. You know what I mean? Like, So there's always like uh, weird stories like that. Like, I'd be like, can you give me a Game Boy? And I'd play Game Boy during surgery. <laughs> That's your anesthesia anyway. Yeah. Nicholas Pryor was uh, in a film we saw too. Uh, I forget which one. His character's name was Bidwell. But huh. okay, so this is not a good film, and now it won't end well. Uh, he'll just die. Well, he's gonna get a lobotomy, right? <laughs> Can we give him a lobotomy? Look at him, he's chatting away, right? They're wrapping up. I'm the your hardcore leg this morning, yeah, right? Is there like seven minutes of credits, or is this gonna be like the end? Please be, please be kind and rewind this video. Right, be kind, rewind. Jeez, that's oh, surgery. Eyes on that operating table that we just saw. It doesn't mean we're exactly at the end. All right. That looks like his wife. That's kind of the ending I like. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, I, right? Once again. Cool. I'm here for the open mic. <laughs> Paul is over there. The same halls as him. Halsey. I just wow, that's nice. You got a little stall in the corner. What's that? They have like three urinals, and then in the corner they have a little private sitter. Yeah. That's what I I I, I yeah I talked over you. Okay. Yeah. So we saw that footage that was gruesome, and here I have it written. It, it is real. 
a guy named Walter Freeman. It's an infamous ice pick lobotomy. Um, and the practice damaged the reputation of psychosurgery. Like, it was a really screwed up thing he did. So, um, basically, w when, when he's putting a prod in and hitting him, it's uh, the same thing as, like, what was yeah. happening in the real world. You just bonk the brain. It's a bad idea. Right. It's a bad idea. So it's also a bad idea after getting brain surgery to leave your ho hotel, be able to leave your hospital room and use the bathroom for doctors. Yeah, the public bathroom. Uh, we wear a wig. We look good. Yeah. Now, clearly, his head was enlarged so that we could get a fake brain. I mean, his head is not a cone head. Oh, I know. I know. Like the last seven minutes, he's been wearing this weird thing on top of his Now, head. this is gross. Oh, don't do it. Don't it's do it. A, it's a prop. It's a prop. It's not really his skull. Wasn't it? That wasn't in the trailer, though. There's butterflies. He's free. Yeah. Life is but a butterfly. What a bad. Yeah, twice been jerking off the whole time. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, no, it's just theater in the operating room. Listen, we love Corman, but this film. He's brain dead. Now he's dead dead. Yeah, he's dead dead is what he is. Oh, but the worst okay. I've ever if seen. he's really dead, then right now we're not in his fantasy world, right? We're in the real world. That's... So he really had the wife and he really had the friend Bill Pullman. I mean, Bill Paxton. Right. Yeah, so if that. that's true, that means that, that Eunice Corporation was real. But are they dating? Like, Paxton and the wife? Never. No. But, like, that's where it's going to go if the film continued. What a horrible job. You have to, like, clean up around the dead body. See the butterfly? Yeah, gross. In the real world. they do that? And, no, like, think of the real world. Wait, wait. We're done with this movie. No, oh, no, Here's Am the I dreaming? ending. Whoa! It was a brain in a jar all along. Among other brains, other individuals. Whoa! No, he wasn't a brain was in a jar story. all along. No, he, 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 when oh, he died, yeah. he got put on a shelf. And it says Rex Martin. So therefore, I think right, it's really in the real world, he was Rex Martin. I think he was a brain in the jar all along. Okay. He was made so bored, he made up this story. Uh, yeah. What a bad movie. Thank you, Mike. Terrible piece of crap movie. Carl, <laughs> Carl this is the point of the show where I ask you, yeah. what did you think of the movie, Carl? Yeah, I think it was a uh, dog, man. I agree. It was gross. Like, it was gross and it was completely incoherent. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, the, it was incoherent, though. It was There was something, like, kind of off about this movie. If you're going to see this movie, well, you know, see Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Wait, don't do what, Carl? If you're going to see this movie, like, reconsider, don't watch it. Instead, watch Jacob's Ladder. It's the same movie, so much better.
Yeah, I never seen Jacob Flyer, but I know I know the ending of that movie. Yeah, it's worth it. it I mean, right. if you die and you haven't seen Jacob's Ladder, that's okay. You're still going to make it into heaven. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have the time, you should see it. It's it's not such a... Eh. <laughs> yeah. But and, it's good to have... All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if you can't afford to uh, virtually rent Jacob's Ladder, then you're, you were in luck. We got to see the free screening of Brain Dead. Virtually rented? 1990. <laughs> The virtual part is me paying. Oh, right. I got you. Yeah. All right. Well, Jacob's Ladder, it's available on... One, two, three. Three movies, not one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, hey, Carl. The virus. Uh, let's, uh, I'm really excited to uh, discuss next week's movie. Yeah, that makes one of... We to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a movie by uh, from director Adam Simon. And it's his, uh, <laughs> it's a follow-up to his Brain Dead movie, and it's called Carnosaur. Roger Corman, I assume. Roger Corman. 1993. I see Roger Corman's official YouTube page has the trailer. Oh, we got to go with that, right? All right. So... I... Uh... Carnosaur, right. 1993 official trailer, and Roger Corman's official page is our channel, and slide it back to zero zero zero. Okay, perfect. So you gonna do the countdown for us? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna play the audio. And you play the audio. Yeah. Thanks for this. Thanks for this. The same producer, the same director. Is it going to be the same piece of crap? Okay. Ready. Three, two, one, go. I think the same dinosaur shows up in this movie too. The dinosaur from Brain Dead. The, the carnosaur. Look at that Simon direction. No wonder Olman all, all, was uh, jealous. Look, baby carnosaur. Some kind of lizard. Uh, I'm an angry hand puppet. I am mad. So far, this movie looks great. Did you see that? Very 90s, too. You see the Jeep? Clearly, yeah. Jurassic Park ripped this off. I'm telling you, Jurassic Park ripped this total movie off. Yeah. Oh. This play built a car Diane Ladd. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're out of Simon. This time, he, it's a lot different from Brain Dead because there's dinosaurs. I mean, Carnosaur. It's no walk in the Jurassic Park. Can't wink, wink. And make a great theme park. And make a great theme park. Holy cow. Yeah. That's so Jurassic Park. As you know, as you know, Carnosaur came out the same weekend as Jurassic Park in 93. Uh, And I saw it in the theater. And and we did it all ironic. uh, Like. So it is not, All right. uh, uh, you know, Jurassic Park did not rip off Carnosaur. It's the other way around. Yeah, this is a classic Corman movie. He heard of the sensation that was going to happen, and he made his own version and released it at the same time. But it wasn't like it, – it, it, I saw it, I saw the Boston premiere back in 93. Uh-huh. And it was over at the Brookline Theater. So the Brookline Theater is an art house movie. You know, it's a double okay. screen – 
art house movie. So it wasn't like it premiered at Lowe's, you know, next, but it was out there that weekend. It was there for the publicity. Gotcha. So that's the movie. And the, the great Diane Ladd is in this movie. I don't know how many times I have to stress. What a waste of her talents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Right, so, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is our movie next week. We're going on an Adam Simon tear. We're going to we watch a full film retrospective of both his directed films. Uh, and the second one is going to be next. As I said, we do air uh, here on Mini Radio. And, and air. all our. Yeah, and listen, the only sponsor we have is Mutiny Radio. Want to help us out? Yeah. Go to Venmo. Donate money to the station. Their handle is at Mutiny Radio. And uh, you can check GoFundMe. I, I believe now that the drive is done, but we're trying to keep the lights on past October. So yeah. send what you can. And, you know, if it closes, we'll be around somewhere else. But uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we love Mutiny Radio. No, I'm kidding. Right. We don't want Mutiny Radio closed. Yeah. No, uh, no, and, no, uh, no, so, no. As a matter of no. fact, listen, if you're feeling lazy, no, no, just no. go to mutinyradio.fm and hit the donate button. You'll be paying them. Hit the donate button. <laughs> mutinyradio.fm. All right, our singing call song. Carl, what a pleasure. It was great hanging out with you. This was a good one, even though the movie Thanks. was a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and I thank you so much for researching it and watching it more than once, uh, just so we could have this experience. And of course, audience, thank you. Show's called Let Us Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube, and we couldn't do it without us being involved, you and us. And this is a big, bad movie to, to sit through with other people. There's no way I would have made it. You're a better man than I am, Carl. I don't yeah. think I would have made it without this. It's a bad, bad uh, movie. by myself. <laughs> That's like Carl. Check out CarlSucks.com. Uh, and I'm somewhere on the Internet. I don't, even, I don't even know what's going on this week. Uh, but thank you guys so much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Carl. Bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been
W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 L-W-A-F-L-M-O-
You might be listening to us live on Internet Radio as we do stream first every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern, on our good friends, mutinyradio.fm. So every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, you can just go to mutinyradio.fm, type it in, and listen to us. Or if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, it's that amazing, easy-to-remember, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can't screw that up. And don't forget to donate to Mutiny Radio at Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what movie are we watching today? We are watching Diary of a Madman. Diary of a Madman. That is what you put in your YouTube search. 1963. 1963. What a great year. Nothing happened that year, I believe. Well, neither of us were born, so nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. From our perspective. All right. So the channel we like, once again, it's Di- it's not Dairy, it's Diary, Diary of a Madman, yes. 1963, and the one we like is A-N-C-I-G-E-R, P-E-R-I-C-A, and Seeger Parisa. Gotcha, Angry Parisa. So go ahead, uh, type in Diary of the Madman 1963. You'll see Vincent Price in parentheses, full movie. This is courtesy of our new friend, uh, Angola Parisa, because none of us white guys can pronounce shit because we're terrible human beings. Uh, but we are excited to watch this movie. So go ahead and click the link. I'm doing it right now. Hit pause while it's fucking buffers. And if you uh, start playing it, move the, the timer to zero, zero, zero. I'm going to do the Brumbach. All right, ready? Once again, audience, Diary of a Madman, 1963. It says Vincent Price full movie. You'll find it if you don't put that in. And we like Anglo Perosio. Is there Oh, chance? that's perfectly pronounced. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Okay, so, let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals, the Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Whoa, it's already a hard Oh, yes, this is our, I guess, our obligory, uh, obligory, listen to me, horror movie for uh, Halloween, as our show will broadcast near it. This is our Halloween episode? I hate doing Halloween episodes. I hate doing Christmas episodes. Movies are movies. I don't need to watch 31 days of scary films or (laughs) a month of holiday films. That's a hook to sell commercials. You're smarter than that. Oh, I well, I did get suckered into Hallmark Channel's February Arbor Day a month. That was terrible. <laughs> I watched, like, after the 16th movie, I'm just a botanist, and I'm moving to my hometown to study a tree. Oh, I'm just a hunky lumberjack, and I'm going to cut down the tree. We're totally opposed to each other. <laughs> my wife my loves um, Hallmark Ar- Arbor Day films all month. Oh, she, she does? She's a big ar- vivid. <laughs> Don't you see? Did you tell her like they're selling out the season? There was one recently in which there was an environmentalist and a corporate mor- mogul, uh, and they end up falling in love. 
Can you believe it? And the guy starts manufacturing yeah, trees. What a great ending. I saw the R-rated version when they fucking arboreum. <laughs> they were on the swing on the tree, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I, it's been a while since I used my coffee maker, Carl. I'm just going to dump in the whole thing. We can start this movie. Oh, we get to start so, off with a prelude. Right. Now, the, the there's a guy named Guy de... The there's a guy named Guy de Mapausant. Mapausant. And I know you've got an English degree from Brandeis. You probably know that he was like the father of the short story. Um, and this film is based upon two of his books. One's called The Horla in 1887, and the other is Diary of a Madman in 1885. So they, those two short stories were married in this masterpiece. Ooh, is it seamlessly uh, married, or do we get to see the stitches halfway through the film? We see the stitches. They left out a lot of stuff from the books, by the way. This is... Uh, yeah, well... Clearly someone died, right? It's a funeral. You think? Mm. It's not a wedding? Oh, I'm at the wrong party. I mean, uh, uh, service. Now, the guy who died is Simon Cordier. Simon Cordier, who's a magistrate. It's like a judge in France. Um, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And those and, are his lovers. No, those are the priest's lovers. <laughs> but nonetheless, they've, you know, the priest was a fan, so they've come to the... Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Dibs on his gold teeth. All right, throw him over the cliff in three, two. Oh no, they're lowering in the ground. How respectful. Right, and you see, it's Does... not really a casket, right? Because he burnt to death in a fire in his very own home, Magistrate Courtier. Yes, I know his last words, Carl. Uh, the roof. The roof. The roof, the roof is on the roof fire. Is fire. We don't give a damn. No, that's not true. You'll see later from the film. His last words in the film. Uh, here it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy or is it hot in here? I believe it was his last words. Is it just me? All right, anything off? Is it just me? Or flames licking my boots? What other awful things can we say during this funeral? <laughs> this is a fake like movie. A release, Somebody really died in a fire. Yeah, yeah, and we would never say this in real life, unless it's an entertaining show. So the cop is saying to, like, this gallery owner and his daughter that Simon Cordier wants you to meet, you know, it was the wishes of his will. Uh, and here we are at the uh, Gallery Diable. Oh. But the thing is, they hated Cordier. So they're like, why are we here? Why were we asked to be here? We hated this man. Right, and his art sucks. <laughs> he was a sculptor. Oh, does that play back to the sculptor's move? Master Did he present haunted by the sculptures? No! I thought I saw the eyes follow me everywhere in the room. Well, yes, their eyes in a jar, pickled jar, pickled eyes. Of course, it's going to look like they're, they're... Of course, pickled eyes will follow you around. There will be a scary thing with a sculpture. Okay. Cool. Like oh. a bucket of blood when the sculpture uh, paper mache's dead bodies. 
No, uh, coincidentally, it will also revolve around an eye, just like you predicted. Yeah, like in the scene of Frankenstein where Igor says, is it me, Dr. Frankenstein, or do the eyes in the jar follow me everywhere in the room? Those are pickles. Okay, so what is it? It's a diary. It's a diary of a madman. Dear Diary, this is my first entry, and I feel completely sane. I don't know why I mentioned that, but as I progress. Yeah, you'll see throughout the film that Simon Cortier is very, very sane. This film is not titled correctly. Well, I paid good money to hear a diary. Of a madman. What he's saying right now is, like, the contents of this diary, I couldn't say to you... While I was alive, this will explain everything, and it will act as a warning to mankind. Oh, God, I hate the structure. So then there'll be flashbacks and shit like that? The whole thing is a flashback until the end of the film, where we'll be right back here. Do you like that style of filmmaking? Uh, Billy Wilder did it all, all the time, you know, where I don't he hits the I had an idea for Waterman in which, in the beginning scene, he begins to have a flashback. And then during that flashback, his character has a flashback. And during that segment, you know, and it just keeps flashing, flashing back. That's a great idea. Uh, John Carpenter in Ghost of Mars had a flashback within a flashback. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't care. That idea has been done. No, but it's a dumb, but you know what? It's a comic trope, and uh, your show, Waterman, uh, now avail- now streaming. Waterman streams? Talk about oh, streaming. Where's streaming. Oh, it's Vincent Price. Oh, by the way, I've, I've improved my Vincent Price impression. Okay, go ahead. Last week. I'm Vincent Price. Yeah. That was the... Oh, you want me to do it again? <laughs> Now, this film is not a good film, and it's slowly paced and everything, but Vincent Price just, he pulls it off, just on the strength of his acting. Uh, Okay, so the cop comes in and says, the killer, Louis Louis Giraud, wants to see you in his cell, and he's like, he's going to be executed at the guillotine. It's 1880s here, and they guillotined people. And he's going to be executed at the guillotine, so it's sort of like a one last meeting before he dies. And Vincent Price, you know, Cordier, is agreeing to it because he's curious. I mean, what can this... At the trial, the guy said that if something possessed his body and made him kill four strangers, it wasn't his fault. So now they think they're going to get a confession. Not my fault. Listen, officer, my friend handed me a knife and said, can you hold on to it? He's bringing his hat because he's also bringing his bald spot with him. (laughs) How old do you think Vincent Price is in this movie? 63? God, he's young. That's always looks this way, though, right? Uh, Let's see. His first film ever was 1935, so he's got to be mid-40s here, maybe not mid 40s. His first film was when he's 12 years old. Uh, am I wrong? 1935, his acting career began. I don't have his date of birth here. He was actually performing in Orson Welles' Mercury Theater. That's it, that was his start. Um, wow. now this wow, two is hotheads. 
Louis Giraud, and his name's Harvey Stevens. He was from this 1959 movie called The Bat, which I tried to sell you on. Is it good, The Bat? Not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then why did I do? What did I do yeah, right. about it? It's no, it's yeah. no wonder you didn't, you didn't pick it. I also tried to sell you on The Last Man on Earth, which is a Vincent Price film. Oh, I love that film. That's so. I Legend is uh, it's based on I Legend, which uh, of course became its own movie. Yes, which uh, that's a great movie. film. Yeah, he's he's so lonely. He's just gardening in his yard. And what's that? A sexy Italian zombie <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. So basically, we're hearing no. I did not come to confess. I came to reemphasize. I didn't do this. A nutbag, crazy thing made me do it. So he sold like two candlesticks because he's, or that wasn't Ms. Ralph, sorry. Oh, you're on, you're on camera, Sandy. I'm on what? That's entered our podcast. Oh, hi. I'm not on uh, video, but hi. Hi, wife, whose name I'm not going to mention on our <laughs> podcast to protect her privacy. Hi, don't mention Sandy's name because we have privacy issues. Okay, so now oh, what's going to happen? Oh, don't mention Sandy's name. All right, I'm sorry, Sandy. Um, what's going to happen now is Louis Giroux, you get mad. Okay. Louis Giroux is now going to get crazy and try to kill Vincent Price. Now watch while his eyes will glow green. Cool. Oh, so there is special effects in this movie. I just figured they go, oh, hey, I'm possessed by a demon. Look out. And they save this money on budget. It's not so. The effect is special. Hey, onto that guy's grinder site. He said his eyes were brown. I want him refund. <laughs> he goes, Giroux, oh, you hear that? Your eye. Yes, that was hilarious. But your eyes aren't green like your Tinder profile. <laughs> uh oh. He's hugging. It looks his like neck. somebody. Did they paint that in on the after they finished making the film? They like give me that master. Look at the. Oh no! Now they're gone. He didn't like the price. You're right. So he's dead. Wow. Vincent killed him in the jail cell? Cold yep. bastard. Knocked his head against a wall and made blood come out his nose. <laughs> now, Vincent Price will Crawling get into no, no trouble whatsoever for this at all. Um, that is ridiculous. <laughs> God, this guy thinks he knows how to write a good story. You kill a man in prison, you you stay in prison. There's no inquiry. There's no looking into it. He's like, well, it's a better death than the guillotine. Listen, we were going to kill him anyway. Right. We, we save money on the crowds. <laughs> right. He'll get a commendation for saving the state money. You can hear the crowd outside. Guillotine. Okay, listen, listen, we don't we don't want to say no to a crowd, so we're going to bring the body. He recently died. And we'll, all right, get him there. All right, there him anyway. uh, it's not, we're going to chop his head off anyway. It's not the same. It's, it's not, not the, the same. same. You can't see his eyes look at you as he rolls. <laughs> now, You're, I always wonder to myself, why didn't they call it the guillotine? Why not uh, just call it the guillotine? And then I realized, because, yeah, they. I realized it's because they don't speak English. They're speaking French. That's why they right. want to kill the team. 
They don't understand puns either, like English puns. <laughs> uh, yep. Now I'm foolishly, uh, hello, writing down, a... I'm foolishly writing down guillotine and guillotine. guillotine Watch that end up at my next open mic set. Oh, yeah, you're not going to start a band called Killatine and play at CBGB's? <laughs> Take a time machine? <laughs> well, that was okay. it. That was a human uh, coat rack. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm going to be replaced by a coat rack in 50 years. Well, let me I'll take my coat. This is his prized Ooh. bird. He loves this bird. Bird is the word. Yeah. And he's talking all baby talk to him now. Maybe I should have put it up. Oh, look. Oh, it's a portrait of his dead to... wife and dead son. What's it doing here? Oh, I don't th I might be a couple seconds off. How could you be? He didn't hang that up before? He did not. Well, said, so, go, he, I so he calls in our first Star Trek connection. What the hell is this really? doing here? So this movie was 63. Star Trek was what, 67? Star Trek started in 66 and was done by 69, probably. And this yeah, guy, right. he was in two Star Trek episodes. Uh, his name's Ian Wolfe, and he was in, um, let's see here, All of Our Yesterdays, which was a great episode in which they go back in time, um, that was 1969, and another one called Bread and Circuses, which was also a great episode in 68. Um, he has 400 television and TV commercial, uh, TV credits. Oh, yeah, like, uh, can't please pass the grape poupon. <laughs> as opposed to the other woman he was talking to as one credit, Blood of Dracula. That's it. Wow. And this. Yeah, like a demon movie and a Dracula movie. Okay, so you no, know, I never gave him a gift. I never gave Dracula and Mrs. Dracula a wedding present. When they oh, the bride of Dracula. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I talk. He never brings it up. Here's two liters of pig's blood, just for while I'm in the house. Oh. Okay, so he goes. Look at all these fake cobwebs. Like we never go up here. He goes to put away <laughs> the. It's inexplicable how the portrait got there. And now the internet's going to tell me that this is a hell of an anachronism. There's his dead wife's dress, and here's his son's right. stuff. There's a teddy bear, and there were no teddy bears yet in the 1880s. You're kidding me. How cruel. Oh, because so, of Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. A, yeah. Um, I have it written here. Um, well, can I say it from memory for you? Yes. So Teddy Roosevelt, who was a fucking asshole. What? He was really nice. He didn't say like, well, he was like, let's go on a, a hunting trip where we could shoot bears and their children. They're like, yeah, you're the best, Rosie. And they go off and he shoots everybody. And there's a little baby bear. He goes, don't right. shoot the baby bear. That's right. That's right. Because his mother like, what you talking about? We just shot his family. Right. He killed his mom. They said, no. They're like, what an asshole. You're worse than Jackson. And they said, oh, well, let's celebrate. And they started making stuffed animals called teddy bears. Right. There was a newspaper cartoon of it in 1902. And some industrious person said, I can make money off of that. And he made teddy bears. Yes. Never saw a dime. 
neither the bear nor President Roosevelt so a bad time from it. So now if that story happened there because people... somebody was up there because they wrote in the dust that hate is evil. And Vincent Price saw that. But when our Star Trek connection comes up, it disappeared. How, what, to the magic of wiping it off the wall? That's the thing. We'll find out later that this thing is called a Horla, and he does have a physical being. So how can he make dust? You know, he would be like a person wiping the dust. It doesn't make sense. Right. Well, you know what it was? He left the uh, door open when he took a shower, and the steam uh, uh -huh. hit the wall, and then he saw it. But by the time the butler saw it, the steam had dissipated, and mm -hmm. he can't see it anymore. <laughs> it was a smiley face, too. And wash me. You can see clearly wash me on the walls. So now the butler's telling the maid, this guy's off his fucking rocker. Keep it to yourself. But he's starting to lose it. She's like, yeah, I know. He has, has two servants for one person. You need a maid and a butler, Carl? I personally do not. I just need the one. My maid drives. She drives us. She cooks. Right, she opens the door, she takes your top hat. It's it's less expensive. All those books are full novels because the short story had not been created yet. <laughs> now, the guy who wrote this, he was the father of... Okay, let's see here. He's born in 1850, the father of the modern short story. Um, depicted human lives and destinies and social forces, disillusioned and pessimistic... 300 short stories he wrote, six novels and three travel books and one volume of poetry. And he influenced people like O. Henry and Somerset Maugham. 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 Listen, but we can't pronounce our friend who's uh, uh, posted this movie. Who's, yeah, I'm, the subscription, the channel. Amherstamp. <laughs> oh, Amherstamp Papapus? <laughs> So his most famous story was called The Horla, and that's what this is, The Horla and Diary of a Madman Together. And last time I guessed The Horla was in synagogue. <laughs> really? So that's The Hora. That's The Hora, H-O-R-A. Uh, yeah. I have to explain to my puns when I'm bringing Judaism. <laughs> to, to a Goyam audience, you have to explain your puns. Yeah. The man is You're a mensch. He's a mensch, uh, which means a really great guy who... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of schlubby. Schlubby means you're kind of like, you know, a cocktail. I've been accused when I do my Jewish puns of uh, patronizing, uh, which means to talk down to people uh, as if they were stupid. Were you, were you saying that people thought you were condescending? That is talking down to them? In a... Okay, now the testimony of Louis Giraud is on his desk. And he's like, Hey, servant, what the fuck? Why is this book on my desk? Did you pull this down? He goes, no, sir. The man who... It's also written uh, in uh, English. All uh, oh, right, here he is. My God, how many people... Does, oh, this is his office, so he has, like, uh, clerks. Right, and they bring... He's a judge, he's a judge, and they bring him cases. He doesn't go to the bookshop and get them. Right. He, uh... Western Union's uh, Amazon. So a lot of things are happening here. The picture appears in the study, right? After 12 years, right. his son died and the wife killed herself because of the tragedy. 
And that was 12 years earlier. So the, the painting shows up, then somebody writes in the dust, and then Louis Cortier's file is on his desk. It's like, what? Lots of weird stuff's happening. And this is great. The budget is still zero dollars. You know, for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they spent a little money on this. They got green glowing eyes, and later you'll see that stuff floats. <laughs> Well, plus, it's all a period piece, too. I mean, everything is, uh, looks like it's 1800s. Right? Yeah. Except for the teddy bear. That was uh, about uh, 18 years early, according to the internet. And that's a big deal. Look, see the ink? I'd say. What is going on? Yeah. Somebody oh, right. ruined the testimony of Louis Oh. Carl, tell, uh, can you pause and let me catch up? No. Audience, what are you on? 22. Uh, How can it be? I go three, two, one, and you go, oh, I'll just wait a second. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, maybe right. I did. I'm going to, I'll tell you when it's um, 23, okay? And when it's at 23, I'll press okay. go again. Okay. Sounds good. So okay. for the audience, we're going to make sure we're going to readjust. So uh, get you set it to 23 minutes and zero, zero. 23 and, and your, zero, your zero. Boy, let your boy Mike Spiegel and catch up. I'm on 22.43. This is just, you know, part of the, the fun and entertainment you get from our show. We've been doing this over four years, over 200 episodes in the bag. All right. Now, count uh, okay. me up to 23. Just tell me to shut up. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. 23. Is Thank he holding you. his head? He's holding his head. Right. Yes. He's having a sight. Oh, so sticker, sticker shock from the price. He's starting to realize maybe I'm going mad. What? The door's shut on their own? You, the special effects guy. Oh, I should keep a diary. Oh, I should put this in my journal. Oh, no, it's too personal. I'll put it in my diary. Okay, my ledger? So, oh, no, too stuffy. So he's on the bench because he insists I must go on, but he isn't even concentrating. He has to excuse himself and go home for the day. Wow. All right, Rapist, you're free. Judge has to go home. Now, look, he's, he's starting now to write a diary, and this will begin to record all the weird things happening to him and how he thinks he's losing his mind. And you see Connect Four on the side of his desk there. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. Pretty sneaky, girl. Pretty Oh, here, diagonally. <laughs> Uh, brother, don't you? Did you read the entire structure manual? I read it up to the last sen sentence. What's this about diagonal? Now look, here's the voice of the Horla. Green eyes. Uh, green eyes. Special effects. Ho. Now the voice of the uh, Horla is our second Star Trek connection. 
Interesting. No. <laughs> he was in Star Trek Ins Insurrection, the movie in 1998, and he was son of Officer 3. He must be old as fuck, though. He's the son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I did see Star Trek Insurrection, but I, I, I don't remember. He was also in Star Trek Voyager in 1999. He was in an episode called Gravity, and he was a Vulcan master. And in 2001, he was on Star Trek's Enterprise as a doctor. Wow. So he is another. Oh, that's right. Do you think people like recurring uh, character actors on the Star Trek franchises get cockier as, as they continue? I was in a movie. <laughs> Enterprise this, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's right. I okay, will. Now the Horla is going to make him kill his bird who he loves. Oh, I get to. And look at Vincent eating, chewing the fucking scenery. Okay, Vincent, this is a five-minute scene by yourself, and you're going to kill kill a bird. Yeah, you squish him to death. Okay. Uh -oh. He's broken up. He's broken Don't up. Don't fuck with cats. Right. I saw this YouTube video. I was, I was disgusted. You know, it's hard being a bird owner, and it's hard being a cat owner, but being a dog owner is woof. Woof. <laughs> it's very, very woof. You think? I think it's all bite, all bark, no bite. That's why I love trees. They're all inanimate. They couldn't really hurt you. They're they're all bark, no bite. <laughs> okay, so he goes to the doctor and he's like, "Doctor, what the fuck is wrong with me?" And the doctor goes, "You've been haunted by your the death of your son. I know it was twelve years ago, but it's coming back. So what you've got to do." is change your life. You got to quit being a judge and do something you love. Like you used to be a sculptor. Why don't you go back to that? Can I still eat red meat? What's yeah, that? Yeah, don't worry about that. Can I still eat red meat, doctor? Yes, you can eat red meat, just not as a judge. The offering of a cigar? Yeah. What kind of fucking doctor is he? Do you hear the audio when yeah, I turn it on? Kind of, sort of. You hear it? Yeah. Well, here, I'll, okay, I'll turn it on, too. It's, it's very faint. It's very faint. Let me try it now. How about now? Yeah, whatever, Carl. Let, let the cabaret impair if, you, if you're new to our show. This is a horrible scene. It's very boring. It's a bunch of talking, but it basically sets up that he's going to become a sculptor again. Okay. Which is crazy, man. You're a judge. I mean, you've, you're well-respected. You, you've gone up through the ranks as an attorney all the way. And now, well, I guess if you're going crazy, right, it makes sense. Right. Stop and smell the roses. Oh, I did, and the Roses uh, filed a cease and desist order. Oh, no, a, uh, what, what kind of order? Later in this film, the Horla will crush a rose, and then in the next scene, it's not crushed, and the internet thinks that's a big a big uh, continuity problem. It's not. It was, well, because Vincent forgot to smell it, so they, uh, they fixed it for him. 
Listen, man, you know what's a big continuity error? is a fucking demon possessing you. Did the internet mention that? Nope. That's all part of the plot. We're suspending disbelief. Well, you can suspend disbelief for one fucking rose. Okay, so now he's doing it. Now he's doing it. He's out smelling the roses, and he's walking. He's, like, going to art galleries and checking stuff out. He's getting back into... He's just getting familiar again with the art scene. There's the flying nun. <laughs> Two of them. Look how clean the street is, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder, like, how many movies they shot on this set, or did they actually just go to France to find, like, locations? Oh, this is a little funny. They're arguing. Oh, and he gets to overhear experience life. Uh, young ladies in love. <laughs> She's like, he goes, you know what your problem is? You're a woman. You know, there was a sequel to this movie. Vincent wasn't in it. Uh, I didn't like it, but some people find it priceless. What? What? Some people find it? I'll repeat it. Priceless. Oh, I gotcha. Because he wasn't in it. He wasn't in it. Now we meet our third Star Trek connection, and she is the model in the painting, right? So what she's like, "Won't you?" And go, hey, that's me. She, yeah, because she wants him to buy it. Is why because the artist really needs the money. She's an 18th century thirst. She's an 18th century thirst trap. Why don't you like my pa- painting and uh, retweet it? No, it's 19th century if it's the 1800s carl listen i know what i'm talking about you okay. take the year of the date and that's yeah. what century it is so oh, right now okay. we're living in the 20th century the 21st century the 20th carl that's ridiculous if it was the 21st century it would be 2120 oh okay now i understand how it works yeah all right okay thank you thank you now this man this woman is nancy kovac she's playing odette uh, and she is married to the artist in this, but she was in this great uh, original series episode called Private Little War. I really love that one. She was this sexy, like, medicine woman. She was like a femme fatale. Um, her role was called Nana, and people who know Star Trek know that she was a seductress and she did the whammy jammy. Now, what she's doing right now is she's charming Vincent, who reveals that he is going to be a sculptor, and he will pay her 10 francs an hour to pose. That's a lot of money. It was. Euro money. She offers that price. He says yes, and she's like, you're not even going to haggle? Oh, no, no. You see the card? She gave him the card, right? There's nothing written on the back. And he, we didn't see Vincent write something on the back, right? Right, but the Horla's going to write something. Well, the just note that for later something. when something's written on the back. I am I am the Horla. I'm staying at the Motel 6, room 223. Now, this is the people we saw in the beginning looking at the diary yeah. after the funeral. Yeah, right. It, yeah. It's the owner the and the daughter. And the daughter really likes the artist who Kim Novak's married to. So they're being a little catty right now. A little snippy. Do you think Kim Novak? She looks like Dawn Wells, I think. 
Yeah, I thought you said Kim Novak. I would love to see Kim Novak. Am I wait? Uh, oh, Nancy No, Nancy Kovac. So, so fast. I switched Kovac. the K in the end. You're so gotcha. <laughs> I had a dyslexic talk. It's uh, a John Spoonerism, if you will. Yes. You know, there was a reverend named John Spooner, and he would fuck up uh, his speech. Really? People made fun of him and called him. Yeah. So if you say, like, uh, I guess jumbo shrimp, he would reverse the, the opening consonants. So it would be like shrumbo jim. Not the best example, <laughs> but yeah, you get it. Just shim. And they call that a spoonerism. This guy's face looks familiar to me. But like IMDb okay. and Wikipedia, like didn't have a link to learn about him as an actor. He looks like he's done a lot of TV to me. Yeah, like a lot of westerns. So basically, now Odette is like, I'm going to go pose for this rich guy, and he's like, I thought you only posed for me, and she's like, You're jealous, and you know, he goes, I am. And she goes, it's 10 francs an hour. And then he's like, okay, fuck it. Go ahead. Do it. We need to eat. <laughs> hubba, hubba. <laughs> 10 bucks an hour. Can I join? 10 francs an hour. Yeah. 19th century. All right. I got you. How many euros? No. <laughs> So what She's we're like going to find out back. is that she is a bit of a, like, she's a gold digger, right? And she's realizing right. she's got something better here. What's not explained is why she ended up with him in the first place, if she's such a gold digger. You know, I mean, she didn't dig a very big hole to hook this guy. Right. And then 18 years, he discovers that the kid's not his. What knockers? <sighs> that's a young friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We forgot. Oh, there's a knocker. Oh, man. Am I delayed again? Hey, are you a Star Trek connection? Yes, I am. Me too. Oh, you. Great. I didn't see you on the set. We were in different episodes. Ah. We were different episodes. Ah. Is it Shatner? But we could both agree Shatner's a fucking asshole. Now Odette is looking around like, look at this fucking money. This is the joint. Yeah, I mean, this is one guy lives here, and he's got a butler and a maid. Hello. Well, he's a, a rich, I don't think it's a trust fund, right? If he's a magistrate, he probably earned the money. No, his family has a long history. It's inheritance. It's true he's a magistrate and everything, but uh, and he must do very well. But the house was his ancestors. And there's all of these uh, sculptures of uh, his, his, you know, ancestors, and they're going to fall and almost kill the husband. We'll see it later. And that's how we learn that... Right. Uh, the family's been in the they're they're like, hey man, he's got a chick, man. Come on. It's been twelve years. <laughs> now look, remember how we there can... was the cobwebs everywhere? Not anymore. Right. I guess he sicked his uh servants on it. 
I'm surprised. Like, what kind of servants are there? There's one guy at one house, and they never clean up the fucking attic. They didn't because there was no cause to go up there, but now there is because Odette will be posing. See that blob of clay? That will become an Odette. Yeah. Really? That's a, not a lot of clay. I know. He does such a good job that she is Odetted to him. <laughs> That's much better than my fucking price fund. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a do. That was the most money they oh. spent on this whole thing, the Vincent price. They paid the Vincent price for his acting. It was worth it, Carl. You know the price is right. Bingo. Now, there was a poet, and he wrote uh, a, a poem called The Laughing Woman, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get Odette to be the laughing woman. And she's like, will this be with my clothes on or off? And Vincent's like, oh, oh no, this will not be a nude. <laughs> well, lucky her, right? Ten francs an hour, and he, she gets to keep her clothes on? Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah. I just want to talk. She was in Bewitched and Batman and I Dream of Genie and Get Smart and Perry Mason and Man from wow. Uncle. And then wow. he was the hostess of Beat the Clock. You remember that game cool. show, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the premise of it. Like you get a bunch of questions, you try to... Uh, no, no, you don't remember. They would do something yeah. elaborate like uh, make a... Um, like you would have all these eggs and you had to use a spoon and carry them over to this other concoction where you would let them roll into the like the nest or something and you had to do it in one minute go and so th they would screw up they would drop an egg beat the clock was a physical challenge oh. okay so here we're seeing a montage of it's been weeks what was that guy for every game show? Like a minute to lose it or uh, win it? Where they would do wacky shit like that and they had a minute. That's the concept of... And, but the thing is, with Beat the Clock, it would always be a different contraction, a different thing they were trying to do. Okay, so now she's going to fawn over it, all this praise. Oh, it's... Now notice how it's laughing, right? It's the laughing woman. Right. That Later on, it'll become a frown. Wow. Well, because they probably read the rest of the script. Nice bust. All right, never mind. You Why? What did you say? I just nice I was bust. distracted with the sound. Are you at 40 and 15, 16, 17? I'll tell you. 40 and uh, 20? I'm on 17. I'm like two seconds behind. Let me go okay. ahead and just move it up. How can it be? How can it be? But okay. All right. Now I'm on 20. I'm on 31. Okay. We're together yeah. then. You're one second behind. All right. So now he's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. And she's trying to upsell herself. You should do a full life statue of me. 
and like just like he's starting to get a little hot for her. Ooh, I let you see my gams. Oh, she, look at she's him. Doing lots of uh, passive aggressive stuff like, "Oh, to you I am but the scent of a perfume, pretty in the room," and then fades away as I'm gone. Stuff like that, trying to lure her, and it's working. It's working. Lure him, and it's working. Yeah, look at him. He's smitten. He's smitten. Oh, and who's this ugly lady? Yeah, that's his that's wife. Lady. That's my wife. Do you want to take my wife, please? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. Oh, look at that. You can see his boner decrease when she brings up his dead wife. Yeah, that's right. It gets softer. Now, he was in over 100 films. He's got two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for TV and one for movies. That's nuts. Well, we should mention, like, two weeks ago, Carl and I, on our, on our show, we had a great pleasure to watch two after-school specials that were shot in our high school, which right. was located in Montclair, New Jersey. Yes. Did Vincent Price live in Montclair? Uh, no, not that I know of, no. But maybe he did, and I don't know it. Uh, in looking up his research, it didn't really list that kind of thing. I don't know why I always thought he did. I know that, of course, Yogi Berra lived there. And Yogi Berra. Telly Savalas lived there. Mm -hmm. And today, Stephen Colbert yeah. lives there. Yes, yes, absolutely. How tiresome. So the, the Colbert <laughs> report is, is, is airing from Walker, New Jersey, basically, during quarantine. Um, he was an art collector, Vincent Price, and an art consultant. He had a degree in art history. He lectured on it, and he wrote books about it. Interesting. Which is weird, because Steve Martin is also a noted art collector, and, and but he uh, Vincent still did his shtick. He didn't, like, he wasn't, it wasn't above him. No, not at all. And he was a gourmet cook. Yeah, that I know. That's uh, uh, one of the more interesting things about him. He's an interesting guy. Like, uh, yeah. And he saved so many movies. Jesus Christ. Now, if you look at this video and you look at the comments underneath in YouTube, you'll find this lady relates this nice story. Um, in 1973, I was taking a film class in college. Vincent Price spoke. And afterwards, they... He went up to her and the, and the mother and said, would you get a cup of coffee with me? And they went to the IHOP, the IHOP. And, and he spent about an hour telling great stories. The thing is, like, Vincent Price is, okay, I got to interrupt. The Horla is here. He has no reflection in the mirror because the Horla has a physical form and is blocking the light. Now, look. You'll see his reflection. Look at the brown thing. You see Vincent Price's reflection? Did you miss it? Let me take a look. Let me take a look. still there? Oh, my God. Me, well, I hope the audience me, saw me, it. He threw, a, <laughs> he threw an art box, and it bonked a piece of glass they had put up. But you saw his reflection. Uh, Carl, listen, I was looking at my phone during that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, listen. You're doing coffee. a podcast. You are oh, the podcaster. 
what's your what's your opinion of comedians taking a phone call on stage? <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. He's famous. Let him do what he wants. Oh, I have to get this. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm on stage. Hey, audience, why do you applaud? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my set. Yeah, I'm in the middle of about talking the show about the show cops. Uh huh. All right. Do you watch cops? Because they're watching you. All right, that's been my time. Be on the lookout. Wow, that was. So now we find out that the Horla. Yeah. So the Horla is a physical form. It's like a human being, but they're between two worlds, okay? And they show up when there's evil. So you see his hand, his arm physically opened that. His, okay, now you'll see wires. By the way, Carl, nice chest. <laughs> Thanks. Your wife had a nice chest. Um, you can see wires. Different. <laughs> so what I'm trying to tell you is, in the same way a person could get shot or a person could burn to death or a person could get uh, knifed, the Horla can too. They're physical. They're physical creatures. So did he burn up? The Horla burn up in the fire? Well, yes, you're ruining the okay. end, and that's great. I love that sort of thing. Ruin it. Well, I, I didn't really ruin it when you fucking led me there. <laughs> I'm blaming it on you, even though I did it. Yeah, even though you just told me. So Vincent Price is very sentence. clever in the end, his character. He, like, locks him in a room... And then, like, sets the room on fire. Now, of course, Vincent's going to die, but he kills the Horla. Yay. Is the Horla talking to him right now? Yeah. The Horla. Or it's going to disappear. Now, look, you see the smile? Yeah. The smiling, smiling, smiling. They do claymation, and it turns into a frown. Oh, my God. By the way, I got to eat some California raisins. I'll be right back. Oh, no, Mike. This is like Paul going to play with his erector set during our podcast. I was making a joke about claymation, Carl. I'm I'm on stage. Do you mind? I'm in (laughs) Now, the thing is, the horn is a physical creature, so he manipulated it, like, with his thumbs and... You know what I mean? So he's a sculptor too. Yeah. It's a better one. Yeah. He didn't touch the the woman's hair though. That's cool. Yeah. He still wants to know that he's not crazy. So he calls up Pierre, our Star Trek connection. And yeah. you stay here. You're only in blood of Dracula. And and he wants him to see, do you see the thing has changed? And he uh, he confirms it. So he's not crazy. So Diary of a Madman is the wrong title for this film. Well, would you think it's Diary of a Guy Who Got Duped by the Horla? Right, exactly. Well, it was originally going to be called Horla. Let me see here. Originally entitled The Horla. I think Diary of a Batman has a better ring to it. Okay. Well, you get two for the Horla? Listen, it sounds too Jewish to me. Um, 90 minutes of dancing. <laughs> well, Guy de Mas- the, 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 the was French, 
And there weren't many, well, I don't know, it's 1800s. A guy named Reginald LeBorg wrote this. Now, he was born in Austria, in Vienna, and he came and visited the United States in like 28, 1929, 1930, and he moved here and he became a director. Uh, he made a series of low-budget horror films for Universal in the 40s. In 1944, his most expensive and successful, San Diego, I Love You, which featured Buster Keaton in a supporting wow, role. That like a, I wonder if San Diego, I Love You is on YouTube. It might be. San Diego. San Diego. God, how arbitrary. Why uh, he also he did bad films, really. Uh, he did this one called Voodoo Island in 57, which is supposed to be terrible, and The House of Black Death in 65, which is supposed to be terrible. Terrible. I don't know. San Diego, I Love You, 1944. Okay, let's see if this is a... San, yes, mm -hmm. San Diego. No, it's... No, no, it's, uh, you know what it is? It's those playlists that says full movies with in all caps and periods in between the word full. Yeah, it's true. Which just means a bunch of clips and then some other garbage. I like Buster Keenan. Yeah, and it was a supporting role, not a starring role. And we're talking about uh, 1944, so he was, you know, way big and famous. Maybe it was on his downswing because there were talkies now. He was definitely, he was on his, he had an interesting history because he's an amazing innovator and even his stunts were, were reused by the Marx Brothers and Night of the Opera, but he, uh, he was kind of a drunk. And when talkies came about, the, the studio treated him like shit. He literally lived in the studio. Like he had like a trailer there. They eventually kicked him out, but he would make these buddy comedies with Jimmy Durante. Uh -huh. And I've seen him. What? No beer? And it was basically like prohibition comedies. Ah. So imagine like if it was like uh, Red Man and Method Man or something like a pot comedy, how high? Right. Uh, with, with beer. And then imagine instead of Red Man and, and Method Man, it was like the king of silent movies doing talkies and some obnoxious yatter, yacker. That's right. Okay. I said it. Jimmy Durante. What the Horla did is he said, you will kill this girl. You're going to fall in love with her. You're going to offer her to marry you. Like, he, he wants to fuck with this uh, Vincent Price. You see, Vincent killed Louis Giraud. And so he's like, since you killed the man I possessed, I will now possess you. And I don't know how he does it, but Vincent Price came over to show that he bought the painting she was in as the dancer, and he basically asks her to marry him. Huh. Well, For yeah. dinner, they'll have champagne. Ooh, Lunchables. Ooh, pizza Lunchables, how fancy. I thought <laughs> Vincent Price Lunchables. The horn was like, this woman is vain. You will play to that vanity and buy the picture. And she does. She loves it. Vincent's so cool. Vincent Price is one of the best actors. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't know what he's like as a human being, but he sounds like a decent human being, surprisingly. Yes, yes. It's every Everything I've read about him says that. He was in Michael Jackson's thriller, remember, as the narrator? Yes. Yes. But my as... Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say the original, his first take was, Quincy Jones, make sure I get residuals for this song. Quincy Jones no, have no, no, the uh, he produced Michael Jackson. Thriller. Oh, I see. Um, he was in Edward Scissorhands. Hand, Scissor hands. As the yeah. guy who invented well, wasn't Edward he like Scissor. the father? Yeah. He was the father of Edward Scissorhands, but Price suffered from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, and Parkinson's, and his symptoms were especially severe during the filming of Edward Scissorhands, making it necessary to cut his filming schedule short. So he was going to do more in that film. Interesting. And he died yeah, of lung cancer. Didn't like in Frankenweenie a character's name Vincent or something like that? Like that he, would yeah, make he sense. loved Vincent Price. Yeah. Or he did the voice in the original uh, animated short or something. Here's what I find most interesting. He was in The Fly, 1958. You know, the uh, one that was done by uh, uh, by by uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. And there was a sequel called Return of the Fly in 1959. But he was in Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. He was? I love that movie. Yeah. You know what? I, I probably didn't see it because... I had watched that movie with my kid way back when the kid was young, and fucking that movie scared the shit. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, every time he go, he was scared of Costello. He would always uh, go, Loop. he wasn't scared of Frankenstein. It was Abbott and Costello that petrified him. Now we always suspected that Jeannie Je- uh, Darville isn't like secretly in love with uh, the the. Um, the the artist and now we're really finding out now this woman she was married to mickey rooney they have a son together she was married six years to mickey rooney six years that's a good run mickey rooney was married what six times seven times he was something like years. that in six years and a child yeah. that's a pretty good run for mickey rooney that's a good run now uh, her first husband, he married like her high school sweetheart and took him to L.A., and then he was arrested for, like, multiple robberies in L.A. They gave him, like, five years probation. And in 1955, she was like, you and me are through. Oh, look, there's that writing you said that wasn't there. Yep, that's right. Why aren't business cards an anachronism? It's not an anachronism. It's a continuity error. But I'm saying, were business cards there during the 19th century? Yes, yes. They were? Sure, there were business cards in the 1800s, absolutely. 1900s, Carl. 1800s. (laughs) What are you, ignorant? She was in Herbie Rides Again. Oh, so that's where I reckon. Man, she's like classic. I want to watch Batman just to see her in it. You know what I mean? I want to watch TV, yeah. She did all that. I dream a genie like and lots my TV. Of because those those sixty shows, it was always like bright and colorful, and the women they had are always like sparkling. So yeah. I, I could see her be a good fit in those comedies. Now she's talking about her plans with Odette. They're going to go off and get married. Uh, they're going to go to his house in Switzerland. So he's going to send the servants ahead of time to prepare the house. She's just beside oh, herself. Great. Her plot is working great. 
She's gonna set up a woman cave. It's like a man cave, but for women. A a a, a she shed. Shut up! Really, a she shed? Yeah, it's perfect. I didn't but realize. She sure. So now <laughs> our Star Trek connection, Pierre comes in and is like, the husband of this lady's here, and he's like, husband. And she's like, well, I I I, I didn't tell. I wanted to tell you, but 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 but. I learned it from Mickey Rooney. Yeah. I can marry twice. No, she wasn't married to Mickey Rooney. No, she, oh, she wasn't. No. She was, she, was um, she, she she was a model, and she became one of the Glee girls for Jackie Gleason. That's how she started. Oh, my God. I mean, by the time she was 20, she won eight titles as a in beauty contests. I mean, she was out there doing stuff and being a model. But uh, she yeah. fell in love with acting and became hostess of Beat the Clock. You know, it's funny. This takes place in France, even though the the, the journal and the diary and the uh, case study is all in yeah, English. All in English. But all the actors are for this guy, like the the fiance, this guy that walked in. He's the one that looks so American. Like everyone else, yes. kind of passed for France. Like I, you know, yeah. suspense or disbelief. But this guy looks like he just walked off a of gun smoke. That's right. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship. Consciousness, the ground wire electric offset pop towards the sediment glacial frozen in space and time amidst the balance of settlement, and towards the just, and the fish, well. They look towards land and the opportunity of bone and this. Our particular friend, the spiny and fiddly one, make his way not eaten to the coast to meet slight crust and crustacean towards the belief that all is possible, and the cell agree, as travelled and forsoothed into a matter of gooey muck of the 75% with the balance of 10 to the naught of survival, and those either in the or are there 50 stroke 50 chances of the empathetic towards the motionary or perhaps, the 15% give and take half land of 7.5% to survive, 
and the large do, and so do the smaller ones, in every percentages and endeavors. The disposition of calcium as a catalyst of storage towards strength is of particular interest to its element, of perhaps and the other life and death was the pursuit and pursuant of some, if not the other, and so this element remains as the catalyst towards the pursuant of just, and just that, in all spaces, juxtaposed with the elements of air and application of health as wisdom, we perhaps. Back to earth, we have our sky ground, and the odd thunderclap so that only that electron set of consciousness would hear the tumble, find it or will it be yeast, of the rising decision of the naught plus. Our fellow Italian tosses both Oliver side and a heart as presents towards presentry of a circular motion, hence the spin of a spread of crust to be realized and a stone made from the ground of earth to present the love towards the air induction and furthering of such a spread of wealth amongst the planet. Perhaps and still, those amongst the stars are still affixed and just and just so betwixt in their pinhole of panorama as film towards and about the future of self, this. Non-gravity is a humor for the exhilarant to escape and miss, hence the odd miss towards landing, and ever flight, as unwritten. Spacious as we are, the escape from time is a craving matched with gravity, from the very constant which we crave, as entities of functions we, the we, are and are, and at any rate, decisions multiplex as organs of organisms and the justly neutronic reversals from and about the reception of perhaps a party, just rested arrived and prepared with a nil of gap spacing for the memory of an eternity, if not too dull or dry, or perhaps those are the track gappings of vinyl, lacquer painted justly ruby stone of the discovered towards the projection of discovered, as tooled and admired, tooled just thus as its quartz would be to resonate as itself, and thus. Lang towards the language and utilization of thus and just are just the endeavor of pause with reason, and the ish is the squish portion, both spongy like anemonia to feed the ocean of air towards well the just in cooperation of our pausal reflex of the communicative in the ideal of ish. And thus and forward concludes our kind in kind atom and its elective responses of the nearity towards forward and quite forward sperity and just. This is Aqua Q. Week on Bughouse Square. Well, what is ah? Let me turn this down a minute. Let me so I can really like uh, lean into this. This is uh, <clears throat> I brought a bunch of records. I, I'm really kind of uh, feel uh, not quite whole from last week's uh, uh, lack of records, but um, uh, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say that. I I, I feel. <clears throat> I feel real good right now, and I feel like it's uh, because I'm going to be able to play two hours of excellent music. So thanks for doing what you got to do to do. This is Bug Out Square, and um, off we go. Mini Radio. Dig. We'd pass the time away. 
sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that a vigilante man. Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot, shoot his, brother his brother and sister, sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard him all over the land. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. 
Paul? You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. 5% yeah, right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next time. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday number two. On the freeway. I am a total and I will cut Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
fap, acid fapping, fapping and acid, acid fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. who have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion, and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for, <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Hi, welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L, welcome, A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, of course, it stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. L-W is welcome. Great. I love that. The welcome. The welcome. welcome. Let's welcome uh, all... <laughs> uh, to a full movie. I had some uh, kind of funny Twitter people just randomly pick me, and they're like, "What is LWAFLMOYT?" And the guy's like, "It stands for legumes, <laughs> watermelon." <laughs> like, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> well, we do what our show is that we LWAFLM. O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. You watch the movie with us, with the sound off, but you listen to the podcast at the same time, and you get an even better experience. Listen, I would have enjoyed enjoyed Tenet so much more had uh, Carl was talking to me the entire time. Well, this guy, you see, and that camera angle. (laughs) So that guy... He was never in another movie. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> we our show streams first on the delightful MutinyRadio.fm. Mutiny, why not make a donation? Mm. MutinyRadio.fm, it has a community uh, internet radio station right in the heart of the mission and uh, has a lot of programming 24-7. You can just go in there. We have a MU3 link, but if you go to MutinyRadio.fm, you can find us. We're on 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time every Sunday. It's a pleasure to be on the station. Station yeah. is sponsoring us. We want you to go donate some money to Mutiny Radio. They do live comedy shows. It's compliant. It's safe. It's safe. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff. And so go to Venmo and uh, donate some money at yeah. Mutiny Radio. Help the station out. They may have a GoFundMe. You can go type in GoFundMe. That's your speed, but. The memo helps. Every little helps, Carl. Yes, absolutely, including the donate button, which never gets the respect it should. Just go to uh, mutinyradio.fm and hit donate. Hit donate. You will not get a, don- a donut. It's a, yeah, you would actually give the money. donut button. I mean, have it if you wish, but also hit Carl, before we, before, I find, uh, before we start the show, I have a delightful anecdote. I had an opportunity to perform uh, online, and I got an email, and it said, uh, list lineup will be selected randomly. And okay. I thought, great, I'm going first. And guess what, Carl? I went yeah. first. Oh. What a coincidence. Yeah. Only 25 years of doing this. How did I know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the movie today? Today we are watching Munchie Strikes Back, 1994. Munchie oh. Strikes Back, 1994, that is what you'll put oh. in the YouTube search. And we it's like sure. Chris's movies. Chris's Chris movies. Movie. All right. Go where 
you have to sigh every time you say munchie strikes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got to let everyone know that you spell munchie without a Y. It's I-E, which is dumb. M-U-N-C-H-I-E. Carl, like you that. spell munchie with a Y? <laughs> yeah. Freak. <laughs> I've never. It's munchie, right? That's like bunchie, munchie. Well, there's no such word as bunchie, but I know where you're going with that. Yeah, I got the munchies. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us oh, get the munchies. Underwear, Mike, your underwear. It's so bunchy. Oh, my God. Straight now. Oh, oh, you saw that when I was getting my coffee? Uh, Video. This is the third munchies movie. Uh, we have watched and done podcasts for the 1987 movie Munchies, which is R-rated. And this right. is a... Then they made it was popular. It sold well, so Roger Corman's company, producer Roger Corman's company, uh, made a, a family-friendly direct-to-video sequel, which we watched, called Munchie right. Singular, which was and, no thing. It was not a sequel. No, oh no, no, it was a family-friendly adjunct. It's a film, I guess. Yeah, film, and this is a sequel of that, but kind of even not. Okay, and uh, from just the trailer alone, which we watched several times on the show. Um, one of the characters, one of the actors shows up. Yeah, that's right. On the second. Movie. All right. So let us go to Munchie Strikes Back. Go ahead and find it. Uh, 1994 is hosted by Chris. Chris's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Chris's movies. Find it. Click the link. Hit pause as soon as it stops buffering. Let the ad run. Uh, pause it. Move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We at the count of go. At the count of go. We will uh, launch the movie, and I'm very excited. Uh, Carl has found the funniest comedian mm-hmm. in the world. He's just yeah. coincidentally from New Jersey. I don't well, know who this person is. He does hail from New Jersey, but it's in the world. Yeah, the, yeah, the world of New Jersey. Uh, I haven't, I haven't heard this segment. I don't know who it is, but he's probably my he or she is probably my favorite comedian, uh, or they, I've I've ever seen. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with Alex Gillespie. Hey, everyone. Hey, Alex. So you've got a great podcast. Uh, it's called Ad Libs. What, people can find that on uh, iTunes, etc.? Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean. Uh, that's pretty much it. Tell us about it. Well, what it is, it's pretty much just me ranting and playing with comedic ideas, improvising weekly. Just really is a, a way for me to uh, practice my voice in comedy and just try to get my timing and and my my voice fluctuations uh, right. Gotcha. And mostly just for fun, really. So we got to know each other on the open mic scene, that's true, but most recently... You came to light as you won the King of the Mountain comedy competition at Scotty's. I did. I won. I was nervous, but I pulled through. (laughs) And from that, you won a guest spot. And you'll be appearing there Friday, May 14th. Yeah. 